Welcome to Accelerate Your Wealth, a podcast by Rebecca Robertson, founder and director of Evolution Financial Planning. This season, we'll be covering all things wealth, from owning it to maximizing it. For further information, or if you'd like help accelerating your wealth directly, please do contact us. Head over to our website, www.rebeccarobertsonevo.co.uk. Hey, and welcome to this week's podcast. And this is a special book series special. And today I'm going to be sharing with you some live interviews I did on my book launch day with three amazing women. I interviewed five and I picked three of some of the nuggets from three of them. So I just couldn't cram all of them into, into one show. You can go and check out the lives on my Facebook page, Rebecca Robertson, Wealth Creation Coach. But for today, I'm going to share half an hour, 20 minutes of key content from those amazing interviews with Lisa Wynn, Sky Barber and Helen Pritchard. I hope you enjoy and uh, give me a review if you fancy it. Today's chat is all about sharing our stories and uh, as you know, part of my podcast, I interview lots of people, you included, around Mm -hmm. stories about wealth and that's what the book's all about. It's about empowering women and I share my story in there. Um, through different chapters and, and, and trying to keep it relevant so people can you know go okay that's me or okay I can get that um, and what I love about the work that you do is very transformational so how have you seen for yourself and possibly with clients how have you seen how if someone's empowered with their finances what sort of change do you think they can then go on and do for themselves or others mm. so what I found is there's so many people who care so deeply about the state of the world, the state of the planet, about causes that are dear to them. Yeah. And then they are so held back by finances. So they can't afford the mentors that they need. Right. Uh, they can't afford the training that they need, the resources. You know, it's difficult for them to make the impact in the world because they're working full time at a job that doesn't pay them enough. So, so when we just have this empowerment around finances, it becomes this resource, a foundation from which we can feel secure enough financially to make the difference we want to make in the world. And, and to, to be fully expressed as a human being, you know, that's what I, I love about, about wealth is you, you don't really know who you are until you are free to express yourself fully. Wow. It's like a version of yourself you haven't met yet, right? Hmm. Yeah, and I and I can I can totally relate to that because you know I don't I, I'm, I don't hide hide this, and it's not anything to be you know ashamed of or fearful of. And um, but I don't come from humble beginnings is probably the polite way to put it, and um, that can have such a in deep embedded part of you. And I I didn't come from a culture that believed that I'd be doing what I'm doing now never would have thought that I'd have wrote a book that would have not been possible wasn't you know I was going to be a receptionist (laughs) that was my job that was what was going to happen um and as but it's organic that growth of of sort of developing and moving yourself forward it doesn't happen overnight doesn't happen with one course one program one mentor even it happens over a number of years and once you've let go of so many of those past experiences and created more positive ones 
then there's this version that you didn't even know was possible, right? Hmm. And, and yeah, so how... Like... Go on, sorry. No, no, sorry. I'm thinking about, for instance, travel. So travel is something that I'm completely passionate about. And then you, I read a series of articles about this a while back. Like the version of, I was when I was traveling in Vietnam with my boyfriend at the time and um, he'd messed up his visa and couldn't go into the mainland. So I just hired a flight anyway and took myself into mainland Vietnam on my own and, and discovered this whole explorer, this level of um, confidence and self-assurance that I'd really lost in, in a long marriage. So and I think if I couldn't afford to go to Vietnam in the first place, if I couldn't afford to take those choices, I don't know how I would have met that inner explorer who couldn't wait to just take to take risks and to and to challenge herself. So where where people that the people that are listening to this and maybe they want to discover this version of themselves they've not met yet what could they start doing what inner work could they start doing obviously read my book available today on amazon 10 ways to accelerate your wealth <laughs> obviously <laughs> obviously um, obviously what 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 things you know you're you've got a wealth of knowledge around coaching in general you know it's, 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 i can't put just like say life coaching because it's just a bit more than that it's much more deeper mm -hmm. than that um what advice where would they start start with yourself start with your daydreams those things, when you have a quiet moment, when you're maybe watching a program and you think, oh my gosh, I, I would love to do that. Especially if you felt yourself saying, I could never do that. Um, who are the people who, maybe people on Facebook who trigger you a bit, where you think, oh, like this drives me crazy that she can do that because jealousy is such an important thing because jealousy yeah. is just provoking and we're a bit scared of jealousy because we think it means that we're mean like envy is where I want I want me to have it and I don't want you to have it jealousy is more like oh my god look what she's got I would love that as well so so where do you feel jealous where do you feel provoked where do you believe that you couldn't do it because you wouldn't have those yearnings if you didn't also have that within you interesting so really what's triggering you is a is a is a deeper fear of mm, like something to let go of in other words something to work on yeah, I think what it's often triggering is a desire, you know, and again, we, we sometimes think of desires as somehow not good, but desire yeah. is such a high, I'm not talking about the type of desire they talk about in Buddhism, for instance, where you have an attachment and talking about desires that just light, light up your sacral center and make, oh my God, I would love to do that. That's often what they're triggering. The next stage then is, and what's holding me back? So all those limiting beliefs that often the, the state that you've got yourself into around money, for instance. So if you feel held back by money, do, do the work on your relationship with money and that's going to free you up for so much more than just having more money. Totally. And because really the end goal is about creating this version of yourself, creating the security, then being able to move on to create a legacy and be able to support your family and, and create this amazing life um, mm -hmm. and money can do so much of that 
and I think you know I took about two maybe three chapters about money mindset first first of all um so I just sort of take people through a bit of a process and often it starts with you know things in your background things that have happened in your childhood and how you feel about things and um Claire's just commented saying I don't come from money also had generational patterns around money some of my family still can't comprehend what I've achieved as it is um so off the norm from my family and the past and the fact that she's doing it as as a woman and I think so many of us can relate to that and I I, I sort of can't wait to see what our daughters um, achieve and what our grandchildren achieve with us as different role models on what we, we're used to um, mm. and that's no disrespect to my family my, my I was brought up by my grandparents and my role model with was my nan and my nan wore proper old-fashioned dresses like you would walk into her kitchen and then she'd look like a 1920s with like flory old old-fashioned dresses and she baked from scratch um and she worked when she was younger she worked in a sewing factory so she was very good at making her own clothes and things um but she used to you know have her pocket money and go down and you know get her bits from the shop and there was no talk about wealth there was no talk about it, money only was just something that you popped down you went to the shop and you spent for shopping that that was it um, and you didn't get extravagant things. You didn't have things that were nice. You didn't go on holiday. You didn't, you know, there was none, nothing like in terms of today's society. Um, and then my, but my mom, who I wasn't brought up with directly, but was in my life. Um, she was, it had a good job and her partner had a very good job. And that was a bit like literally Waitrose, um, Marks and Spencer's. And um, she went on holidays and had her nails done. And she was a hairdresser and a manager of the salon. So she had lovely hair and she had the best makeup and the best like eye cream. And the contrast was just massive. Um, but still, if you look at her financial patterns, um, there was no sort of legacy planning, no future planning there. Um, and she's OK. But I think if she was on her own for a number of years, then that may may have not been the case. You know, like she'd ha she'd have to possibly still be working into her sixties, um, and mm -hmm. she's now going into her late sixties. And I think we, as women, we're not thinking that far ahead. We're not thinking mm -hmm. that that day is going to come. Mm -hmm. I think the generational patterns, especially on the maternal bloodline, they're so important to look at with your wealth. Like my my grandmother, I remember when I was a kid, my my grandfather would come home on a Friday afternoon with a little brown envelope with his wages in for the week. Yeah. And the first and he would hand it to my grandmother. And the first thing she would always do is test whether it was still sealed. And it always was because there's no way he would dare open it, you know, before he gave it to her. So he would hand her this envelope and she would open it and she would count it to make sure it's what she was expecting. Yeah. And then she, I, I think my grandmother, you know, her generation invented the jars that we now use as such <laughs> yeah. a, you know, metaphorical thing because she had a jar for the electric, a jar for the prudential, a jar for da, 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 a jar for her funeral expenses. And she would put some money in each one and then there would be a coin left at the end which she would hand back to my grandfather to buy tobacco. So she, and she was so frugal with, with money throughout her life. And then when she passed away, found accounts 
where she's got much more money than you could imagine. I mean, not like fortunes, but so much more money than you imagined. So the way she prepared for the future was through fear. Yeah. Like, I, I just don't dare spend it because what if I get old and I need this money? Yeah. And so it sat in just a building society account. Yeah. Whereas I, I look at then my mum, my father passed away when he was 53. And he used to say, when I retire, I will be rich. So he was he was holding on to retirement as the time when he could really enjoy life fully. And then when he died at 53, my mother said, well, it's blood money. I'm not touching it. You know, he left her so well prepared. My father did two years in the bank when he was 16 before he went into the armed forces. And he always used to say that instead of national service, everyone should have to work in a bank for two years to learn about money. Yeah, definitely. Um, So, you know, when you look at all that conditioning, it is so important to see it so that you can let it go and then be conscious about your relationship with money. So I've learned from from you so far that um, to slow down and systemize things as you, as you go. Now I come, I'm an ex sales manager, so a regional sales manager. So I know all about systems and processes, but I never saw it the way that you saw it. Um, where I think it's really powerful, where it comes in from a wealth perspective, is about you doing the job that means that you are best supported so i could see it from a wealth perspective on like yeah me doing a job that generates the most revenue but you were also sort of saying you're doing this in a way that actually um means that your self-care comes first and i think as women that's something that we leave to last um so that's why you're here today because i just i love i and i wanted to have a chat with you on um, my book day um around because I do think that's an important element for women to then leverage their position and create wealth yeah I, I totally agree and in it, I did a little insta story earlier being like actually it totally aligns I talk about full freedom in business because like ultimately we most people start a business because they want to have flexibility and freedom but it can be a real challenge in the on a practical level um but and I think well what is freedom like freedom is ultimately being able to choose and what do we need to be able to choose? We need money and we need time, of which you can help bring the money <laughs> and I'll help bring the time. Um, and, I, and I think it's just so important. You, you know, one of my main drivers of starting my business is financial independence. Like I wanted to rely on no one. I wanted to be able to create the wealth for myself. I wanted to be able to choose how I lived my life and uh, and I think it totally aligns with everything you stand for as well and um, I can't wait to read your book all about like how to be even better at it um, because typically numbers isn't something that a lot of my clients or I see as as us being good at not particularly in our talent zone like, like genius zone talent zone and yet if we don't have the facts of where we are and we don't have the numbers of where we are like it's really difficult to make decisions in your business yeah. So I, I am a massive believer that there are, you know, you have yourself and I and, and all our clients are so talented and are brilliant. And yet often we're put on the wrong seat on the bus, like we're put in the wrong place. And therefore we've all had it, haven't we, in jobs when you're like, oh, this just job, just you're banging your head against the brick wall. This, this isn't working. The same as in business. 
And yet when we're small business owners, like we're trying to do all of the jobs or yeah. a lot of the jobs, depending on what stage you're at. Uh, but particularly in that doer stage, I talk about right at the beginning of business and no one, no one is brilliant at all of those things. And so you have hit your head against a brick wall trying to do the stuff you're not so good at when actually if you focus on the things that you are amazing at and you do more of those things, you're going to actually generate more money and have more enjoyment and, and like your life more than if you try and do all the things. So that's what, what, what if you're sorry to interrupt, but no. what if you're a perfectionist <laughs> and actually you just think you can, you can do it all best anyway. You know, actually it's better. It's an easier if you, if you do it mm. or like myself. So there's a thing called, um, used to be called wealth dynamics. Now it's called talent dynamics. Mm. And basically you have like this profile of what kind of skill set you have. So a really easy example is that like one's an analyst. Um, one is like a, your Hannah, like a supporter. And that's like the key role. And then one of them is a more obvious where you're like a star and your role in the business is that you're like front of house and you're the star of the show kind of thing. Um, and as a skill set, you know, we're teaching possibly people that are ultra introverted to be a star on stage, or actually that, that that's not necessarily part of their skill set. But for, for me, I'm, I'm, believe it or not, I'm equal parts in all areas. So if I energetically am able to, I can can do all those things actually quite well. Um, I'm only slightly more in analytical than I am other percentages elsewhere so what I found for a very long period of time is that I did do it all myself because actually I could do it yeah. um but then I broke then I actually found that I was struggling and I was getting really worn out and um but then the part of the perfectionist came in when I then had spent a long time training other people to do the same thing but it never quite had the same impact and, and this is one of the major challenges. So you say perfectionism, people say to me, but I'm control freak. Like, I just, I just want everything to be just so, like whatever word we put for it, like we all have an element of that within us. And, and just the same as when you're like, I just want to do everything super speedy. We all have an element of that in us. I talk about the, like the four profiles that we have, like fast, strong, caring, and perfect. And we all can do these things. I'm a big believer that there's always a solution but would you choose to like yeah. do you really want to and this is where if we connect to our vision of like how do we want our business to be and I, I shared this actually in that call I was um, just leading now I talked about how you know when I started my business I had no no aspirations to bring in a team like actually I had been burnt in the past in corporate life and I did not that's what I wanted to do an online business because that's what all the gurus say you can just do it by yourself isn't it well certainly three years ago when I started that was the kind of vibe I was getting and and, and it's a lie mm. <laughs> it's a lie <laughs> and when I then realized like I'm here I rolled up my sleeves I'm doing 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 I'm doing all the stuff um I recognized that I was building a job for myself that I if I wasn't working nothing was happening and so the vision I had for my business was a business that could actually operate if I wasn't there. Not, I'm in a personal brand space, so I'm still needed for elements of it, obviously. But I'm on holiday this week. My clients are also going to be looked after. Everything's going to continue as normal. And it won't matter that I'm not there. Um, and when I saw that, I realized, well, that is going to have to mean I bring people in. And for mm -hmm. that to be the case, I'm going to have to find a way to let go of this control in a way that feels good for me which is why I then became much more systems driven and process driven 
you said at the start, like, oh yeah, you know, you just have all these systems in place, you've got it all sorted. I do not. In fact, and I really want to share this more because I am just the same in terms of like, I've been winging it in the past, I'm less now. I am so dyslexic. My brain is like, I have to write things down as you were talking. So I was like, I lose my train of thought. I'm like, bah, 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 bah. I, I, my brain and my voice don't connect at the same time. Like people, you know, I'm like, on, I'm so speedy today because I'm going on holiday at 12. So I'm like, <laughs> um, calm. But I know to get the best out of my business, to get the best out of myself and to get the best out of my team, I've had to slow down. I've had to write my recipe for my business. And I've had to share in a way that others can get results and can get clients as well as my team can implement things in the realms of what I want. And not only has that been like, okay, helpful in terms of what is that recipe, but being really specific about what is the outcome I want and letting that other person have a degree of ownership and a degree of control, their own control, how they get there. And that comes over time. And that comes with building long lasting, trusting relationships which is why I love building teams with an element of in-house because you've naturally got that versus always using freelancers. And yeah. I could go on and on about like the throwaway economy we use with like VAs and getting through 10 at a time, but that's not for here. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's not for here. Let's, let, let's bring the conversation back to how you've created this. What, so the book, my book is called 10 Ways to Accelerate Your Wealth how to align your finances for an abundant life and I feel like okay you haven't got all your shit together you've admitted that but when it comes to where you were at and where you are now obviously that's leaps and leaps and bounds apart and it's much more aligned now and it feels that much more abundant and I mean I don't know your financial positioning but it certainly feels like you're in a, on a, a path of creating financial independence regardless of what else is going on around you or what's happening with relationships or whatever you're on a path that if something happens, you'll be okay and that everything will be good. And at the same time of doing that, you are creating the life that you want. Yeah, yeah. And thank you. That um, that took a while to dawn on me. I think as female entrepreneurs, we can be so hard on ourselves. And a lot of things I've been talking about recently is about like paying ourselves and how I regret I didn't start paying myself until... I should have done that sooner. I should have made that more of a normal occurrence. And now I'm like building up, like it's a normal thing to normalize, like paying ourselves. It's a lot what I talk to our clients about. But I had a moment the other weekend and I was just lying there in my house being like, I've done it. Like, this is just, this is exactly what I wanted to create this business for. Planning for the future of where I want to spend my money and how do I, how do I build assets outside on my personal side as well as within my business. And you know, working with amazing groups of clients that just like you, that just light me up um, and have a really genuinely feeling like I have control over, yeah, my financial position and how I spend my time. There's always more we can do, but there was that like dawning on me over the last few months of like, just pride, real pride in the position that we're in. Exactly. It's always about the other bits isn't it so so talk to me about like in the last year you've made some like changes in your business changes in your personal life I've seen like real shifts from you where do you think we talked this morning about like transformation and like if you looked at yourself a year ago um and you thought I'm going to be this person in the future you think no that's never going to happen like you just Mm -hmm. don't don't envisage it 
but did you ever sort of do you ever see yourself like thinking actually no I can that's going to happen and you've almost ticked it off and it's done or do you sort of have a vision for it and you work towards it like how how does your brain work about this oh, my brain works in pictures it always has done so I see the things that are going to happen and I see myself in situations if that makes sense so like like with the house at the moment so we're just in the middle of house buying um and it's really easy for me to swap out one house for another because the thing that i visualize is me in a situation how i feel does that make sense so yeah. i don't get massively attached to the detail of like right it's going to be look like this the front door will be like this it'll be like that la 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 even though i knew the house we were going for originally and then i envisage myself in the house but in the circumstances and in the way i was feeling so it's really easy for me to then swap it out it's the same with business it's like it's how the business makes me feel that I focus on. And the actual specifics can and do change and they yeah. are variable. And it's interesting because I went for the seven figures. I decided I was going to get do seven figures in 2020 and I did across the two businesses. And it's almost like once I tick that box, it didn't become a goal for me for this year. And yeah. I was just run the numbers and I think we're about 600K or something. Um, wow. That, well, that's going to be this year. Um, and that's only through one thing so we're probably closer on seven but we're probably not going to do seven figures but I don't I'm not I'm not bothered do you know what I mean it was like it was a box I wanted to tick and now I've ticked it I'm more interested in making sure the business is profitable and um, you know sustainable and it's growing and the way it makes me feel and like doing seven figures was was so focused on the goal that it was almost like at the expense of all that other stuff of like oh we just want to do seven figures tick that box right and I did it and I thought that you know I identify as a seven figure business owner and now I've done that bit and I've been on all the podcasts and I've talked about it all and I've had people like positive and negative responses it's almost like it doesn't define me anymore so now That's it's like we'll probably do seven eight we might even do like 900 100 you know whatever a million but I'm just not at all attached to it anymore and it's really interesting how yeah, a year ago, me, who was so excited for doing that, hitting that target, it's like the year ahead of me. Do now, you know, now I've done it and I've done, you know, I just feel like it was weird to think I was so obsessed with hitting that number when it's it is quite it's meaningful. So it's we, we're, we're trained though. It's almost like we're psychologically as entrepreneurs, the messaging. Like if you when you think about that back to then and you were invited onto the podcast show to, to, to talk about being a seven figure and achieving mm. it, do you think we're almost, you know, being that so Lisa's here, Claire says hi, Hannah said said that said hi. Do you think that um we're almost all trying to reach for it? I, I mean I I'm yeah. personally to your what you've just described, I, I don't really believe in having a seven, six figure or seven figure. Um I, it doesn't it, it becomes more um from a wealth perspective I think it's almost like chasing the wrong stick it's chasing the it's it's, it's rather than I think what you're describing is like a push and a pull right where, where you're leaning towards something and you're going towards something or you're push you're pushing yourself towards something and I think that's where we're almost taught as entrepreneurs or business owners that well if you haven't got a seven-figure business or a six-figure business then you're you know what, what what's the goal but you know you could have someone with a half a million pound turnover a million pound and another one with a million pound turnover and they both get paid the same mm. and they you know this one's just more profitable and it means that they can actually do more with that business and they earn more from it so they can invest more from it and this one has got really a high overheads with you know really cost per lead or with advertising mm. or whatever um so I, I think you're right it's it's but we're almost 
trained to think that's what we well, should be the thing is, though, it's like i know all that intellectually but i still wanted it so right. i got it does that make sense like, you're I very it, driven so I got it. very driven yeah yeah because, because three years ago i looked at people making seven figures and thought oh, i really want that i can't see how it's going to happen but i really want that to happen and it became a goal so yeah very driven to tick that box and you know and i'm really proud that we, we that we hit it yeah. what i'm saying is it's not something I want to, I want to make sure I turn over seven figures every year without fail. And that becomes the new goal. That isn't the goal. The new goal now is like my, my word for this year, the word for last year was love, which is I fell in love and, you know, found the, the man of my dreams and all that, which is amazing. The word for this year was fame. So for me, it's about, it's now about, I know I can do seven figures. Like that's not, that, that to me, that's like, I've done it now. I suppose it's like running a marathon. It's like, I won't want to run them every year, but I've done it to take the box. Um, you have to train for it and work hard for it, right? It was a bit like that doing seven figures. We had to throw everything at it. You know, I became very driven and focused to where we, we achieved that goal. And, you know, it was wild. You know, for me, it felt like a real personal milestone regardless yeah. of profitability. And because I sold a million pounds worth of stuff in a year, like that to me was a huge massive. pat on the back. Yeah, massive. Yeah. But it's interesting now my word is fate. And I did all that in 2020 when also juggling all the stuff with the kids and, and falling in love and all the rest of it. But for this year, the word was fame. And that's because now I want to become the, the poster girl for female entrepreneurship in, in the UK, right? So I want to become, I want to be famous on the mainstream so I can help more people, bring more people over into this world where they can build wealth as quickly as I did. Yeah. And, and you know, transform their lives as quickly as I did. So it's just interesting how priorities change, but yeah, it's always such a pivotal part of that because... And the mindset around it and if you look, spoke to yourself a year ago or you know a year ago you wouldn't have envisaged that you'd be thinking the way that you are now mm. but it, it it's a bit of like um it, it just falls off you or it, it, the issues that maybe you've got in the past or things that you didn't realize were coming up for you they end up just sort of falling away and you end up dealing with dealing with stuff that you never thought you'd have to deal with and then you mm. surprise yourself and you actually realize oh, actually I can I can do this and it's like an evolving organic thing right you couldn't ever sometimes envisage it but what advice would you give people who maybe you know maybe starting out maybe have already got their business and they see all this like six-figure stuff and it's quite masculine energy it's quite like well, it's very what... results driven you can't you can't say you've got a six-figure business if you've not done 100k in turnover right you can't right. say seven-figure business if you've not done 100 uh, a million yeah pounds in turnover like so it's it's masculine in that way that it's easily defined and easily hit or miss so yeah. I'm a fan of it. I'm not going to lie. I think I am a fan of it. I think we have to monitor success in some way. Yeah. Yeah, we do. Like you said, it's it's defined by what, like now it's about how you're feeling about it. And you're, you're achieving good success with actually feeling better in yourself and not burning yourself out. Yeah, well, I mean, I didn't, for me, it was, I don't know, it was just a, a tangible goal that I wanted to hit. And yeah. I think that's a good thing. Whether yeah. it's, I want to make a grand tomorrow, whether it's yeah. whether I want to make a grand a month for the next 12 months, whether I want to make any, you know, I want to be able to invest. So like I've been investing, you know, like with my pension with you and um, into my ISA, which meant that I was able to, you know, draw out 25, 30 grand on a, on a whim that well not on a whim, but like that I needed. And it was like the first time I'd ever had savings to fall back on, you know, that I needed for, for, for this house move and all the rest of it. And it's like, Oh, that, 
there was always targets. It's for me, I'm very target driven. So mm. I suppose that is masculine, but yeah, I want to be able to put two grand a month in a pension. I want to be able to put a grand a month into my savings. I want to be able to make sure I pay myself 10 grand a month after tax. I want to make sure that, you know what I mean? And I just feel like those numbers are really important to me. Do you analyse the numbers like from an accountancy perspective and, and like, do you, do you get, get into all of that quite a lot or do you do it more like an overview and want the highlights no i mean i used to just want the overview but now i like the detail like i, I love a cash flow meeting which a what I, I never but thought you would say this i love a cash flow meeting my calculator is my favorite business tool right like knowing my numbers has been a complete game changer for me and last year i, I first year i had real success i, I made a promise myself i'd spend it all and i did I spent it on doing all the things I couldn't do when I had no money. I said yes to everything that my heart desired. And I traveled the world. I flew everywhere, business class. I bought myself a Rolex. I bought myself a convertible car. Like I'd convert, you know, I renovated my house. I did all of the almost like tick box new money things. Yeah. But I always knew there was an end to it. So I always knew that the next year would be the year to invest, start investing. Wow, what an incredible series of women. Oh my goodness, so many nuggets uh, to enjoy. So please do share the podcast with your friends, your family, your business buddies and give us a review. But of course, come and check out my um, content in terms of if I've got a masterclass coming up or one of my courses or programs, I'd love to hear from you. And if you need any financial advice, then also, of course, get in touch with me and we can see how we can help. Have a wonderful day. Thank you for joining us on today's episode of Accelerate Your Wealth. If you'd like to take the steps to accelerate your wealth further, perhaps owning it more or maximizing it to its full potential, please do head over to our free Facebook group, The Money Mastery Collective, where we post regular updates on tips to maximize your wealth and also support you along the way. We'd love to see you there.